0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time
1: to anchor down! Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. In today's show, Kevin Ingram, part of the Vanderbilt Broadcast crew, will join us. So let's get right to our interview with Kevin. Kevin Ingram joins me today. He's one of the play-by-play voices for the Vanderbilt Commodores. Of course, he was on the sidelines for Vanderbilt's 23-3 to loss to ETSU. Kevin, hope you had a safe and fun holiday weekend. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, Chris. I uh, appreciate you having me. I, it was a busy holiday weekend, uh, did a football game, did a soccer match, uh, did the Monday night show, mow the yard. I don't know if I'm leaving anything Milk out. Milk the yeah. cows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gave myself a haircut, all those things. So yeah, it was good.
1: Well, obviously the opener, not what we expected. What was your thoughts on what you saw?
0: Uh, it was very disappointing, to say the least. I think anybody you're going to talk to around here would say that. Uh, yeah, I, I think everybody hoped that uh, we'd come out and get a win to open up the season and sort of go from there, but that, that's not the way it uh, worked out. On Saturday night so you go from here and uh, at least you know one thing Clark Lee said and, and I agreed with him after the games at least you, you know what you got now you you you're, have sort of that baseline to work from but yeah there's just a, a lot of disappointing elements to the game against uh, East Tennessee State uh, and to me mostly the offense just not able to really find any rhythm or have a whole lot of success the one touchdown they scored was taken off the board due to a penalty and I, I thought the penalties for a program that's typically uh, good in that department uh, that was a big problem, too, on Saturday. So there there's a lot of stuff to look at and fix uh, in, in what kind of feels like a short week going to Colorado State this week.
1: There were some things in that game that showed up that didn't surprise me. The line has had fits in camp. We know that. But there were some other things that did surprise me, that the penalties being one thing. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think that was what we thought we would see. We knew that there was going to be a team where – the talent was going to make it a struggle some nights, but there were just some other things that popped up that, when I watched practice, I didn't I didn't identify as really concerns. Maybe I was not looking in the right places. But how did you see it?
0: I, I guess one thing that I thought might be better that uh, we saw in practice a lot is was pass rush. Maybe get a little more pressure on the quarterback. But uh, East Tennessee State had a had a good scheme and they they were really ran the ball well, especially after they got the lead. But some of the things I wasn't totally surprised by. I mean, watched a lot of practice, watched the scrimmages. I felt like the quarterbacks at times during the uh, preseason camp had their struggles, and I, I thought the defense for Vanderbilt during camp played pretty well, and uh, you know put some pressure on the quarterbacks, and the the DBs played well, and um, you, you saw both quarterbacks at times during camp, uh, you know, work have to work hard to complete passes, and uh, that that sort of carried over into the game I thought, and um, I, I was. I, again, all the way around, it just felt like it was a it was a disappointing performance, and so now you, you got something on tape to look at, and you, you go back and you try to correct those things this week, and uh, try to hope that you can uh, find a, a solution to some of them as they uh, play out at Colorado State on Saturday night.
1: I guess if there's one bright side, really, the defense only gave up 13 points. I mean, obviously there was a pick six that went directly on the offense, and, and then another, or excuse me, I guess that was a fumble return. Then the pick six that got turned into a field goal. Uh, you know, the defense actually held. And so I'm going to put those three points on the offense, too. I guess if you're looking for anything encouraging that's a takeaway, the defense in that respect played decently well. And I I think, you know, stopping the run was the thing. And sometimes you look at game flow and that determines total yards and stuff. But, you know, I guess that was the one thing that you can point out that you could say, yeah, they didn't get the pressure we we, we thought they'd get. But there were some other things there that you could like.
0: Yeah, I thought there were some things to like about the defense, and you're right. Overall, I thought they played okay. Uh, they they did what they had to do. Uh, you know, the offense, you know, the, the turnovers really made it tough on the defense. And really, it could have been worse. There was another pass or two that were dropped. I can think of one that was, you know, a, a pass supposed to be a slant and went right to a linebacker, and he just dropped it. Uh, that would have been a, another turnover. But uh overall I felt like the defense did okay I mean I thought the the guys who are supposed to make tackles made tackles and you look at Ethan Barr he had a nice game so um you know there there are some some good things to uh take away from that performance and you hope uh that they can just kind of continue to build on that I asked Clark Lee on Monday about you know how how do you continue to to do things with the pass rush and and improve in that area and and he agreed he's like yeah you know we're still kind of a work in progress we like our guys but you know he he said over on the offensive side of things that you know some of it was hey we got to take what we practice and what we learn in the classroom and and do that on the field and uh, he didn't see as much of that I don't think on on Saturday as he would have liked
1: well one thing that people didn't see that they would have liked too was energy, and and it looked to me like a team that was kind of shell-shocked, Clark has alluded to that at times in comments, not with those words, those are my words, but when you were on the sideline, what did you see in terms of the energy and just the response that might have been lacking?
0: Um, To me, those things are always hard to gauge because different teams and different players approach things different ways. I mean, Clark Lee is kind of a stoic cerebral or, you know, that, that term has been thrown around a lot describing him, but that's just how he is. I mean, he's not, he's not jumping up and down. He's not like, you know, (laughs) James Franklin back in the day, you know, just going crazy on the sideline all the time. And, you know, sometimes players are reflections of their coaches and, you know, there are other assistant coaches and, and others on the sideline that can be there to get everybody fired up. But, yeah, I just, it, it felt like when East Tennessee State got the lead, especially when turnovers went the other direction and they started to, to sort of pull away, you could sort of feel the air go out of the place. And maybe that carried over to the sideline too. Uh, to me, it was more about executing on offense than it was any any level of energy or excitement or any of that stuff. That uh, and, and again, maybe that stuff does need to be at a higher level to, for this team to have success. But uh, to me, it's more about execution on the field than it is uh, about anything else.
1: This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is it is a relaxing, friendly environment. So, whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615 270 2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore athletics. His support as the title sponsor for season seven is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports podcast and tell him you heard about it here couple of things from the press conference that stood out for me yesterday one of them Ben Bresnahan is not going to be available that really hurts Uh, of course he got hurt late in that game I guess it was the second half if I remember correctly that's one guy you do not want to be without heading to Fort Collins
0: yeah no doubt about it to me that was disappointing I was hoping Bresnahan would be okay and uh, you know be able to come back this week Uh, I, I was a little worried when he went down there late in the game and uh, you know, to me, he's one of the, the uh, big weapons they have uh, on this offense. You know, a guy who can you know, be a safety valve and catch the ball and, and do something with it when he gets it. So, yeah, that, that was disappointing to me that he's down. But others will have to step up, and they have uh, you know several tight end options. I know Gavin Schoenwald's going to move up a slot there on the depth chart this week. But you hope Bresnahan won't be out for too long because, to me, I, I thought he had a terrific season last year, and, and he's an important part of what they do.
1: The other thing that really stood out and really got the majority of the conversation yesterday was the announcement that Clark Lee had removed uh, David Rye from offensive coordinator from that spot and installed Joey Lynch, which frankly, that's A move when he hired both those guys, that's where I thought he would go. Lynch has been an O.C. and called plays. Rye has not. Of course, extra dynamic here, and Lynch was at Colorado State a year ago uh, heading into Colorado State week. What did you make of that whole announcement and and what's going on there?
0: Um, I I had known a little bit about that situation. Uh, I won't say I knew a tremendous amount about it, but I, I knew there had been some shuffling around there, so I wasn't totally shocked by that. Um, it is interesting with, with Lynch's uh, connections with Colorado State. I mean, he was just there uh, last season. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that helps or makes any difference in terms of uh, how Vanderbilt performs against Colorado State. But there is that familiarity there. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was something that I had sort of heard rumblings of and, and you know, as we made our way through the preseason camp and the scrimmages and that sort
1: of thing. Yeah, I, I think they did that maybe in fall camp. Um, I'm not sure on the timeline, but it, that that was yesterday's press conference. Was not the first I'd heard of that either.
0: Yeah, I, I knew I knew something was up there, and, and uh, that that they had maybe made a switch there.
1: Um, how do you prepare for Colorado State? I presume you've watched some of CSU. They were on TV. Uh, I got to see them a little bit the other night. What what do you make of that matchup, Kevin?
0: Uh, yeah, I watched some of their game against South Dakota State and, uh, I-, I would say like Vanderbilt, they will come in probably not in a very good mood. <laughs> um, South Dakota State played really well and, uh, kind of blew their doors off. They, you know, it was fairly close in the early part of the second quarter and then, uh, South Dakota State got rolling after that. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say that, uh, they- they'll probably come in like Vanderbilt, uh, ready to roll after a very long week of, uh, practice and preparation Uh, one thing to look out for is their tight end Trey McBride, who's a fantastic player, who's an All-American last year, Uh, decided to come back. I know there are a lot of people taking a look at him. He's considered one of the uh, top tight ends for next year's draft. That's going to be a guy who's going to be a big problem. They'll have to account for him for sure, but uh, I don't know. I think this is going to be an interesting matchup. It it feels like this game's going to start at like midnight. It'll be nine o'clock central time, eight o'clock out there, but uh, this has been my first trip to uh, Colorado State. That's a place I have not been. I've been to Colorado a few times, I've been to Denver, but uh, and to Air Force uh, before as well. But uh, asked Clark Lee about that on Monday also, and he said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with it with Steve Azi. Played against his teams uh, quite a few times, and with him being at Boston College for so long. But yeah, I would say they'll uh, come in ready to roll. Uh, their quarterback Todd Sendeo, uh, he actually had an okay game uh, in their first time out, but. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably be about as hungry as Vanderbilt will be. Uh, they didn't really have much of a season last year. They only played three or four games in the uh, in the Mountain West. So this is really uh, Adazio's first full season as uh, head coach at, at Colorado State.
1: Yeah, I'm very familiar with that area. My in-laws live in Loveland, which is about 20 minutes away from Fort Collins. I've actually had a niece that was a basketball player at Fort Collins until this year. Um, So I've been on that campus, never been to a football game there, and will not be able to this weekend because I've got other plans. But uh, Bojo's Pizza, that's a place you need to mark down, Kevin. Oh, yeah?
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll make note of that. Cool.
1: Fort Collins is not a bad town for people going out there. It is um, – I'm trying to think. It's maybe um, the downtown is – Chattanooga is not a great comparison, but it's something along those lines. So um, that's one of those if you're making the trip – um you know go hang out in Fort Collins on downtown on on Friday night it's kind of an artsy place um
0: okay well I'll fit right in there yeah exactly
1: you I mean when I think of Kevin Ingram I think of artsy right uh yep (laughs) so uh there's some some travel tips for you guys but um yeah another kid to watch Dante Wright uh you know, speed, McBride is part of that offense in terms of a tight end. He's an NFL guy, but Wright's a guy that I think can take the top off of a defense. And that that that's one guy I think he's probably gonna pop off the page to you when you're doing your preparations there.
0: Yeah, I know he's uh he's been a regular for them for a few years. He's not the the, the biggest dude out there to receive a remaining catch a ball and uh And do something with it, uh, 6 for 113 last time out. He's he's a Florida native who uh, found his way out to Colorado State. So, uh, yeah, I I would say he will definitely be a a big challenge uh, among their pass catchers.
1: All right. I'm going to change the subject. We've got a mailbag question about basketball. So let's go there. Today's mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland and Belk, a family owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one's been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. The Wars says, how does Kevin feel about the basketball team this year?
0: Um, actually, I feel pretty good about the basketball team this year. I think uh, everybody felt uh, quite a bit better when the announcement was made that Scotty Pippen Jr. is coming back for another season. I uh, sat down with Jerry Stackhouse the other day. We did about a half-hour interview and just kind of talked about where the program is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we kind of talked about where the program is, what's ahead. Uh, you know, they have a, a handful of players who have played or, in the case of Tyron Lawrence, would have played last year. Um, and I think some of those guys really kind of battled just the season and, you know, a couple cases, maybe battled COVID itself. Um, and maybe this year was sort of a fresh slate and more normal offseason. Uh, things will feel a little bit better. But I feel like the outlook is, is good um, to me. One of the uh, things that will be a concern and, and I hope will uh, be improved is the inside play. Uh, we'll see how that goes I and mean, you feel like as some of the guard spots, they should be in pretty good shape, but uh, I don't know. I think this will be an interesting season. I, I, I hope everything is a little more normal uh, and we can have a season with, you know, fans of Memorial gym and, and the whole thing feel more like a, a regular college basketball season. Uh, looking at the schedule, I, I think is a, a pretty balanced non-conference schedule where you, you have some games where you can, you should be able to win and, and kind of get guys uh, going and, and, you know, just have that game action, but then you also have some tough ones. You go to Pittsburgh and play. This team will go out to Hawaii and play in a tournament around Christmas time. A trip down to SMU, which has been a good program, and you know some some good home games uh, here at Memorial Gym. You know, loyal the Chicago's coming in. We'll see Temple and a few other teams. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a very interesting season. I, I don't know that I really know what to expect, but. Uh, they they definitely done some roster shuffling. They've added some transfers. Uh, There's been some departures from the program. So uh, we'll see what it looks like here in uh, just a few weeks. It won't be that long before practice gets started.
1: Yeah, I listened to that whole podcast. It was, it was a good one and very insightful. One question I did come away with though, and I don't know if you've got insight here that you can share, but Tyron Lawrence's role is one that I I'm wondering about because I get the feeling they would have loved him to have been a big part of what they did last year and I think he did start before he got hurt what is your feel on how he fits in their rotation this year and how much time he's on the floor
0: I get the feeling that if he's healthy and good to go that he'll be playing a lot I think he would have played a lot last year he had moved in like you said into the starting lineup and then he hurt his knee and was out for the rest of the season and had surgery but you know a sophomore guard at six 6'4 seems like a pretty versatile guy. I don't know that I really saw him enough to to have much of an opinion on, on what I think he's going to be.
1: The other thing that stood out, it sounds to me, he mentioned that they are moving Pippen off the ball. I don't know if that's a sometime thing or an all-the-time thing, but, of course, they picked up a transfer from Dayton <coughs> who's going to help there. He's a bit of a combo guard, too. But how do you see Pippen's role changing when he's on the floors? I, I think the ball would still be in his hands a good bit because he's too good not to. But at the same time, you heard Jerry reference that – Hey, you know that wears a guy down, and that maybe that saves him for situations late in games. How do you see that playing out?
0: I, I think that's interesting because you, you got to think the ball is going to be in Scottie Pippen Jr.'s hands quite a bit. But playing him off the ball, maybe it does give him you know a, a little bit of a breather. You know, the guy's a good enough shooter; You can play him off the ball. He can hit a three. He can do still do a lot of stuff for you, but. Yeah, I I don't know that that's something you'll see all the time, but I I think it's something that will certainly be an option for them. And, you know, some of it depends on uh, how the others that they might try playing the point uh, would would do. So, uh, yeah, I I think that's an interesting element. And I I pick up on that, too, when uh, Jerry was talking about that the other day.
1: One more question from VU Wars before we end. He wants to know, basically, is the NIT realistic for them?
0: Um, I, I guess so. Uh, I, I, again, it's hard to know what to expect. I mean, the SEC is going to be hard, uh, but I, I sort of feel like that they're going to take a step forward in the SEC this season. A lot of people ask me what I thought their record would be, and I, I don't really know what to what to tell you. I mean, I, I, again, you kind of need to see them play and, because everything's so different this season. that I mean, you, the old saying, you can't tell the players without a scorecard. I, I think that's going to be uh, more true than ever when you look around the landscape of college basketball and just all the movement of players that's happened uh, in the last few months with the transfer portal, I, I would hope the NIT is realistic. I hope some sort of uh, postseason play is. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you got you got to have some success in this uh, non-conference schedule, and then uh, the SEC will be as, as tough as it always is. But, you know, you figure if you can maybe hover around 500 in the SEC and you give yourself a chance to, to maybe make the NIT. So we'll see.
1: Well, the league is going to be tough because you've got teams like Arkansas and Alabama that really killed it in the portal, even Missouri to a lesser extent, although I think Missouri and Vanderbilt will probably be fighting for seeding at the SEC tournament amongst themselves. But, you know, one thing that has happened, I don't know if you've noticed, but just in the last 24 hours, there's been a couple of teams that took some big hits, Namari Burnett at Alabama. Has had a knee injury. They don't know how bad that is yet, and I think the worst one, Alan Flanagan at Auburn, who I, I think yep. might have been their best player. I, I want to say he tore his Achilles, and, and it sounds like he's done for the year. So, yeah, you, you hate to see that, but there is a little bit of coming back to the pack a little bit for maybe some of the the top teams based on just what happened yesterday alone.
0: Yeah, that's interesting for Auburn, especially Alan Flanagan. I mean, he has projected as a first round draft pick, and. uh Yeah, those Achilles injuries, you know, they they said like three and a half months, somewhere in that range, 12 to was it 12 to 14 weeks. But I mean, everybody knows an Achilles injury is something that can take you a year to come back from. So, you know, if that time frame is true, he can be back by maybe the start of conference play. And if it's not, then that's a big hit for for Auburn. Uh, yeah, you got to think Alabama and Arkansas are going to be really good again. I mean, Kentucky added a lot of pieces. You know, we talk about adding in the transfer portal. Uh, they, they definitely dipped into that and, and added some pieces. And uh, you got to think they're not going to have a season anything close to what they had last year. Tennessee's going to be good. Florida will be interesting because that, that team's going to look very different than what they were uh, last season with a, a lot of departures there. So, yeah, I mean, it's a. There's a lot of unknowns in this league, but I I think the teams that were really good last year are probably going to be pretty good this year, and you can sort of throw Kentucky into that mix. Uh, After a season last year, it was just a disaster for that program.
1: Kevin, we're going to end the show now, and I want to give you the floor to promote anything of of your work, whether it's your Twitter account, of course, things that you guys are doing at, at Vanderbilt. Um, with the podcast anything with game day the floor is yours just to kind of get any announcements out there that would be of interest to the fans
0: yeah Chris I appreciate it uh, we, first of all our podcast uh, we have a couple episodes that come out every week uh, we usually uh, turn the the Commodore Hour show which was at six o'clock on Monday we turn that into a podcast usually uh, on Tuesday for those who didn't have a chance to hear it I had a really good interview this week with uh, with Josie Barnes who won the U.S. Open Bowling Championship. She's an associate bowling coach at Vanderbilt with John and of course, played on the, uh, the national championship team a few years back. But she won the U.S. Open uh, last week, and it was a really cool conversation about uh, just what all she had been through and that experience. Um, and then also we have our weekly podcast. Uh, Andrew Allegretta and I do the, uh, the Anchor podcast. We'll record that today, and it'll be out tomorrow. Our football broadcast will have pregame at 730 Central Time on Saturday, usually when the games are supposed to start, not go on the air. But uh, it'll be a 9 o'clock kickoff out in Fort Collins. And, uh, yeah, just look for uh, all sorts of social media content. We'll pop up on all the, uh, the Vanderbilt channels. And at K. Ingram Sports is where you can find me on Twitter.
1: Hey, Kevin, thanks for joining us. We will look forward to catching you in two weeks. We'll have Andrew back with us next week. But I appreciate both you guys coming on the show this year. And best of luck in your trip to Fort Collins.
0: I hey, appreciate it, Chris. Anytime, man.